This is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Creative people and how they do their thing, why they do their thing. That's what I love to talk about. And today my guest is live and in person. It's my first in-person interview face-to-face since the pandemic. And uh, it is with an adult film actor and Gay VN award winner, Joel Someone. That's his name, Joel Someone. And I met Joel at a party for the play Afterglow, which um, I talked about on this podcast before. Uh, He was there at the after party that I went to, and we got to talking, and he was so funny and interesting, and I was like, I want to interview this guy, and we made it happen. So I talked to him about his career, how he got into it. I was very curious about the OnlyFans, just for fans of it all, how that works, Um, And he was so thoughtful and fun to talk to. And we did it live and in person, which is really cool. So I also want to mention how happy I am to be part of DNR Studios, the DNR Studios family. Um, Instead of out here on my lonesome doing my podcast, um, DNR Studios is a group of different shows that you can subscribe to DNR Studios and get all these different shows. Um, You can go to DNR Studios to learn about it. And if you subscribe and say that I'm the podcast you listen to most, I get a little money, which is cool. Um, all right, enough of the plugs. Here is the interview in person with Joel Someone. All right, joining me live and in person, it's adult film actor and gay VN award winner, Joel Someone. Welcome to the podcast. I insisted on being in person. You're the first in-person <laughs> guest I've had since the pandemic hit. I, I was like, it's all Zoom for me. Like, I figured out a new system and all this stuff. And you're like, no, this needs to happen in person. So we're making it happen, and hopefully the sound will be okay. It's very, it's a new frontier. It's exciting. Um, so thank you. And schlepping, you slept to the valley? I did. I slept all the way here from Koreatown. There it is. All right. So I met you a, a month or two ago at a party for the play Afterglow, which, yes, I, which I talked about on this podcast, and I liked it. And I thought you were so fun to talk to that night, and I was like, I want to interview this guy for the podcast. So it's, we're making it happen is the point. Well, thank you. I'm super excited. Um, I was introduced to you by your friend Felix. Yes, we went to the play star. together. Yes. Yeah, no, that was that was that was a great play. I, I loved the play. Um, you know, I actually just got out of a thruple esque relationship, kind of, and right. so it was like getting to see the highs and lows of a thruple is kind of an interesting thing. Who did you relate to the most? I think in a, in a show like that, the best way to kind of absorb it is really you feel like a part of all of them. And I think especially as gay men, you kind of have been in every single seat in that right. setting. You're like, you've been the boy who's been invited to bang a couple. You've been the couple that's kind of like, has this friend we've invited over? You've been the one who's not wanted rules. You've been the one who's wanted rules. So I think I think it hits a lot of different places. I, I think that was one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much is I really felt like I was every character in that play. Right. Thankfully, there was only three. Right. Exactly. It takes a lot out of you to be every character. Um, where did your name come from? Joel Someone. Joel Someone. Um, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I, I had a serious leg injury and, um, it kind of crippled me for like a year of my life. It was scary and it sucked. Uh, when I, it finally started going away, it was because I needed to lose weight. And, um, I lost a lot of weight very quickly, which sadly equates to 
attractiveness in the gay community. So I all of a sudden was very attractive. So you were getting attention you hadn't gotten before. Yeah, yeah. And it was very weird, and I didn't know what to do with it. And so that means I just started banging strangers. And I was with a partner at the time, and Joel Someone was my sketchy Craigslist hookup name. Oh, because, gosh, remember Craigslist? Oh, yeah, that was my Joel Someone at Yahoo.com. Right, and it just stuck. It, it stuck because when I had started doing adult film work, I really hate porn names. You, like, re- you don't like a Duke or a Chase? No. No, no they're really redundant an and Austin. really forgettable. Yeah, yeah, or they're never that good. It's usually right. Jake. Right. Jake. Something with a hard... You know what I mean? It's yeah. Jake M something. You know right. what I mean? It's, it's, it's Blake, Jake. Yeah. Like, just names I've heard a million of. And they also kind of just sound like regular-ass names. Does it ever make you laugh on a set when somebody's like, well, you're going to be working with Joel someone. And they're like, who? Joel who? Oh, yeah. Who's on first happens every time. (laughs) Who's on first happens every single time. The best is when it happens and I'm not there. And everyone's already giggling when they meet me. They're like, we tried to figure out what the fuck's up with your name. No, 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 no. And so... uh, But no regrets. It works. You're You're sticking with it. No, if people are laughing when I'm not even there, that makes me really happy. I'm a clown. I can't take anything serious. So how did you hurt your leg? I had a serious sciatic injury in my right leg. Oof. It came on just like anybody has sciatic issues. It yes. came on out of the blue, and now all of a sudden I had mysterious pain that I didn't know how it came on. And uh, uh, yeah, no, it was it was a it was a really humbling time in my life. I couldn't sit or lay down for Oof. any length of time, so I stood all day and all night, and I would just be up for hours. Oh, it was the lowest point in my life. It was it was some struggle bus times. Those were. Not great times. I love the term struggle bus times. I, I don't know who made it up, but I like it. I've I mean, adopted I, it. I've never heard it, but I like it too. But coming out of that, you noticed you were getting a kind of attention you'd never gotten before. Yeah. What I, was I, the first moment you realized that? So I lost, you know, when you just go, are on a mission. Yeah. And I remember I had done something I felt really guilty about. There was this boy at my job who had one of those early Instagrams, like the early fitness Instagrams, like right. half of his photos were like him in the mirror flexing. And then right. the other half were like just a black page with like a, a Mark Twain quote or some right, something. Right, something deep. Terrible, terrible. It was a terrible, terrible Instagram. But I remember it was his secret Instagram and he was this boy I had a crush on so bad and it, nobody knew about it. And here I am, chubby, struggling with my everything, me. And he's not giving me the time of day. And I remember I brought it up in a, very diminishing way in front of a bunch of coworkers and he went home and he erased it and i felt so awful right because you shamed him i shamed him into killing his creative outlet and that i ooh, that i still think about today i'm so sorry henry every time i see that person i apologize to him to this day but it made me really reflect and say why are you doing this? Why, why are you shaming What is that someone? about you? What, what is, is this what, thing about you? Where's the me in this? And the me in this was that I wasn't doing what I wanted to in my life. And I just started obsessively trying to lose weight. Like all of a sudden, I went on a crash diet. I started doing a crazy amount of cardio. Like a crazy amount of cardio. I started taking caffeine pills. It was, it was, it was not a great idea. My dumbass could have been Terry Schiavo if things had gone a different way. Um, so it, it, it really, it, it, I'm glad it worked out that I got hot and didn't die. But um, that might be the pull quote for this episode. Right? You know what I mean? I'm glad I got hot and didn't die. But uh, <laughs> so I all of a sudden I had like skinny features. My clothing hung on me in a way that I guess is appealing. 
And I had more confidence. And so I started, how graphic can I get into this? You can get into it. I mean, because, you know, as gay men, you know, if if we're we're bored and lonely and horny, we've got every outlet. Right. Every single outlet. You know what I mean? And I'm an old school gay. I love a good hookup area. You love a cruisy. Yes, but I'm also terribly modern. Like, I know how to finagle the grinder. Like, I, I, know, I know how to work the grinder machine. Right. To my benefit, of course. So you, you can do both. You can I kick it old school, you can kick it new school. And I just fucked a lot of strangers very right. quickly, and it was very empty. And it was one of those kind of things that I was like, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't get what was going on. I was like, I have this inside of me. I have this, like, performer who wants to be this heightened sexual creature. And I, I remember I was doing things like going to like cruising areas, putting on a show, putting on a show in front of a bunch of cars and just really, we will now take a 10 minute intermission. Yeah. Get some water, but we will be back for anal. Yeah. Oh no. The anal is, you know, <laughs> you put that in the first act. We're doing DP next. All right. Get another guy over here. You know, no, it just, it was always, it was always something. And it was, it was very destructive. It was very destructive. It was very destructive for you. It was. And it also would always tickle my depression in a weird way. Yeah. Like it would always kind of like, mm, like afterwards I would have been up until two o'clock in the morning and I had a shift right. at eight the next day and a 30 minute drive home. And you're just, it's that drive home where you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Where were you working? <laughs> I was a company rep for the Michael Kors company. Oh, interesting. I know. So I had to get like so you cleaned had fashion up. And you had to look good. I know. He was my first sugar daddy, that Michael Kors. He <laughs> bought me all sorts of clothes. That's, 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 was he like what we thought on Project Runway, oh, what we saw? Fuck if I know. I yeah. was the lowest cog. I was yeah. so low yeah. on the cog. I remember there was someone I hooked up with in, when I lived in New York for three years. I remember I hooked up with someone and found out that like, my regional, the, the top of the email list of my kind of like regional job yeah. was lived in his building. And I remember that was like the closest I got to like a head up. Right. I was doing this all from New Mexico. So I never got to deal with anyone of right. any importance. I was kind of a satellite. I grew up in Northern Arizona, Holbrook, uh, on, route, on Route 66. And so it's a similar kind of uh, landscape and vibe, but I wasn't out there. What a, was Albuquerque a hotbed of man on man action? What's going on there? Well, we're more blue state than you guys are. Yeah. And, and per, to be perfectly honest, we're, we're a lot more blue. Um, y- yes and no. It's just like any place where there's a huge community of Catholics that shame their children into being terrified of homosexuals. You know, shockingly, they want to go do that kind of stuff. And so right. you'll go places. And, like, I remember I would do the truck stops. And the truck stops changed because a lot of the truckers are, are – there's a lot of foreign truckers now, and a lot of them come from, like, Saudi Arabia and, and countries like that. And so all of a sudden you got all these, like, hot Arab truckers, like, just chilling out. You go on the grinder next to it. Oh, I was a full-on lot lizard. You go on grinder next to a truck stop, you're going to find some horny truckers. Right. You, so it's, it's both, actually. Oh, you're yeah. grinding and you're also in the proximity. Yep. Yeah, and I, I, I really mean it. I, I mixed a lot of yeah. old school cruising with new, new school, school cruising. cruising. And I apologize to the audience ahead of time that we're going deep on this. I love it. <laughs> I think my dog wants to come in, so I'm going to let let's, him let's in. Let's let him gonna, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes to assist with the interviews. Well, you know, I got that horny vibe. Like, people, dogs can smell it. Right? <laughs> They're like, ooh, this guy's uh, got a scent. Hey, buddy. Hello, dog. Hey, this is Enzo. Hey, Enzo, you seem chill. Enzo. Pleasure he to meet you. Chill. 
Pleasure to meet you. Someone. Uh, are you as obsessed with green chili as I am as a Southwestern boy? Do you like that? I do. I do. But as a gringo, you forget that they try to fuck with you sometimes. So you'll go to a green chili truck and you'll ask for the mild and they won't give it to you because they get, they just they get some, a kick out of, they get a kick yeah. out of giving you the hottest stuff. And yeah. I, and I respect that. Yeah. Um, I love green chili. I remember I those. love a green chili burrito, a green chili meatball, a green chili cheese crisp. Do they do harvest out there as well? Like in I don't know about harvest. Because harvest is when they roast them. And yeah. that's the most like signature thing I love about New Mexico. My parents moved from New Jersey to New Mexico. And they, when they first got there, they didn't know what the fucking smell was because they were roasting green chili. My parents thought it was burning hair. They're like, what's this? That smells what's like burning. What smells like burning hair? Like, you know what I mean? And right. after living there for 20 years, they fucking love it now. That's like their favorite thing. They're all into it. Did you do the, um, balloon festival? I've done the balloon festival many times. Um, it's, but it's just like living in Anaheim. You know what I mean? It's it's like that thing that happens every once in a year that a million people come to your city and you're like, yeah. oh, there's balloons in the air and I can't drive on the roads. Cool. Uh, it, it's kind of how it becomes when you live in a place like right. New Mexico. Uh, now that I don't live there, I love dra- dragging people over to do New mexico things. Like uh, I love the Balloon Fiesta, the Santa Fe Opera. You love it. Oh, it's... you cry? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an unabashed opera crier. You're you know an unabashed I mean? opera crier. Unabashed. I, mean, yeah. I don't even know what the hell they're saying, and I'm sobbing. Yeah. It's so sad. I think she's going to die. Yeah, um, and maybe she does, because well, it's a classic. And, and speaking of which, like, uh, have you ever heard of Zobra? No, I don't know what the that is. The Burning of Old Man Gloom. They, they built a giant paper mache puppet, like one that's like 20, like 12 stories high, right? In New Mexico? In New Mexico. And they have its arms. They have like this family of puppeteers who've done it every year for like 80 years, right? And it's a giant puppet, right? And he's wearing all white. And he's got a white face and big glowing red eyes. And his arms move around. And then they light it on fire and it screams like a person being burned alive. Wow. And people show up for this every year. Oh, it's a huge crowd. The burning of Zozobra. It's so flipping. What city is it in? This is going to be, that's in Santa Fe. And that's coming right. up, actually. That's coming right. up early early September. I was so bummed I couldn't go this year. I have a new boyfriend and I want to drag his little butt over there. So I love it. Congrats on the new boyfriend. Thank how, you. how new is this? Uh, within the last three months. I think I saw you post about it. Isn't he adorable? He's adorable. Yeah. Where'd you guys meet? So he's another performer. Right. I, you know, I, I, I tend not to mess with muggles anymore. Like I, I love you. Regular Pete. people. Yes. You know what I mean? I, but right. it's just cause it, as a sex worker and a porn performer, it's just, my life is quirky until it's not. You know what right. I mean? Like, my job has humbling, stupid aspects of it, and I'd rather not bore someone with them. And so being with another performer is sometimes nice because you can kind of share the highs and lows. And then also when it's really low, you're like, I get it. Oh, yeah. No, that sucks. I'm yeah, here. I've been there. I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so he, I, I met, I've known him for five years, and he's a really phenomenal performer. His name is King Dwarf. He's a little person. He's a little person. I've seen you... Um, your pictures on Twitter together. And yeah, you've seen a lot more. On yeah. So I, 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 I how it. long ago did you meet? So we, we had never met. We had, yeah. I had known of him for five years. Right. And he had been mostly doing like cam four and kind of cam work. There's, cause there's in like the sex industry, there's so many different facets of this job. Like he was much more of a private performer. He was one of those people who did everything from home. He was kind of like, you did, you never were going to meet this person because he doesn't go out that much. Right. And so he went out with a good friend to Provincetown a couple months ago and Boom. I got to meet him. It was absolutely incredible. He's a sweetheart. He's someone I've had a huge crush on. And of course, when you can't meet someone, they kind of seem un- like un- 
un- right. unattainable. The second you meet them, you just like shit yourself with excitement. And yeah, we, we had a little love affair in Provincetown. And then I went and met his mother in New Jersey. And then we went to New York. And then I came back home. And then he came out here. And uh, we're just, the great thing is we're, we're both content creators. So we can really actually, like we're both intense exhibitionists. Like that's what's great about it is you, get to see like the first time i met him on the street i said i'd come right back up to your hotel room on in provincetown and his friend was there hooked up a camera you know what i oh, picked up right a camera. away a collab boom I know the collab lead, joel i yes. know it's called the collab yes and, yeah. and, and, and it was it was fabulous it was and i and you know it's so nice like that's my that's actually my pinned tweet is just the first time we're like Hi, I'm Joel Someone. Hi, I'm King Dwarf. And we're in Provincetown. We're literally Yeah, naked. I saw that. You're bouncing on the bed. Bouncing yeah. on the bed, helicoptering our penises. And, just and that's kept, when you first met. That we had just met probably that hour. So How did you know, okay, this could be a real relationship? This could be a romantic thing? You know, it, it's just, he's such an incredible person. He's so sweet. I am so attracted to him physically. Like, I love his body. Like, he's got, really, his proportions are phenomenal and he's just like you know it's you know when you meet someone and you've been crushing on each other for a while and it just just sticks together yeah you know what i mean like i believe he, in his and brand you knew too. That he felt it too and you know the other thing too is about branding i believe in his brand i believe in what he does i believe i, I believe in him as a little person adult performer like you know what i mean i think that's badass i think that's really important i'm really big on inclusivity in my own work right. being you know a cis white male right I work with all manner of performers. I just did a really beautiful scene with an amazing trans man this morning. And he was on set with me. Like, you know what I mean? It was kind of cool. We so did, he's in town now. He's in town now. He's in town. We're going to Palm Springs tomorrow to visit some friends. And we're, we're doing... We're, we're, and you squoze this in, in the midst of your whirlwind romance and uh, workflow. So well, thank you. I, I have a deep love for anyone who wants to talk to me about this career. This is my dream job. This, uh, this is a love letter to my 15-year-old self watching porn. You know what I mean? Well, when we met that first night, the way you spoke about it was so you, you I can't remember if you said it's the best job I ever had or it's the easiest job I ever had. You you, you described it in a way that I thought, "Oh, that's really oh, interesting." This is the best job I've ever had. It's a fascinating job. You know, I, we've all we've all had our struggle bus times and stuff, and I I've, right. I've been fortunate to have grown a lot from mine. And you know, anything's going to be hard. There's nothing's nothing's easy, you know. Right. Most people tell you as you get older, you just manage to disappointment and pain. And the great thing about working in this industry is when it's fucking terrible, when this job is fucking stupid and awful and lame, it's still incredible. It's still the kind of thing that you can laugh at. Like just right. you got to find the joke immediately. You're like, I'm fighting with a person who's butt naked right now, and uh, we're arguing over who's getting anal first. Yeah. Or just, just dumb, dumb shit. And it's the kind of thing that you will tell in a story and it'll hands down beat someone else's story. I got a better story than you. <laughs> right. You'd be very good at you. Don't I my lost life. my virginity yeah. to, to a girl on camera. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. And it's, it's the kind of thing that I, I'm very, very grateful that even in those humbling moments, I'm able to say, Hey, you remember when life sucked. You remember when you had a dead-end job. You remember when you were so not confident in your body. You remember all of those things. Wow. Who was that guy? You know what I mean? That was only five years ago. Who was he? I don't even remember him. He still lives in New Mexico as far as I know. Right. He's on a balloon somewhere having some green chili. Um, What was your first step into the business? So just like any first step into the business, it was a nice hard rejection. Um, There was this porn producer who was driving 
across the country filming like shady. It was pre OnlyFans, pre all the fans, pre. Right. It was still very studio times, and it was he was a guy who would drive from town to town with his troop of porn actors, and they would shoot scenes with the local townies. And I remember he rode on into Albuquerque, New Mexico, and posted up at the cheapest hotel near the airport. Right. And he put out immediately two scenes of probably the two most beautiful boys I knew in town. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous. Look what they're doing. Look what they're doing. That's and they're so from cool. here. And they're from here. <laughs> they're from New Mexico. Right. And so, yeah, I, I remember I was super jealous. And so this was before I had any glow up. This was, this was still very early in times for me. And it took every, like, bit of my kind of, like, strength to just get myself to, like, put up whatever sad photos. I was able to finagle together of me shirtless right. and, like, posing in front of a mirror and then, like, an erect penis photo. I was like, here, this is what I got. Right. Hopefully you'll like it. And I remember he responded very quickly and very shortly, um, you're over 28 and you don't have abs. Oof. And I remember it went from only me being curious at that moment to a vendetta. Yeah, I'm going to show that fucker. You know what I mean? Like, not only. It, it was a Kill Bill moment. I got mine on him, too. Fuck. Did you ever get to... Oh, I did. Oh, I Ooh, break did. it down. Oh, I did. And so all that happened. And actually, it was funny because the, the, the next part was like, he was also... All the boys were for sale as well. It was, right. it was, it was some mild sex trafficking there. Just right. some mild sex trafficking. Dabbling. Just dabbling in, in sex trafficking. Right. And so I remember I hired one of them as an escort. And it was... um. The worst sex I had ever had in my entire life. It was terrible. I remember it was 250 bucks and I was broke at the time. It was my, my sad retail job. I remember like 250 bucks was all of my fun money. I remember thinking, I'm like, oh my God, this month is going to suck because I had sex with this guy who's completely disinterested in me. Right. I can't go to the movies. I can't do anything. You got 200, paid 250 bucks for this? Yeah. Oh my God. So did you hire him as a way to kind of get back at this guy? No, I, I hired him as, as like a, cause I'm, I'm Lucille Ball. Right. I'm like, you gotta meet me. If you meet me, you'll love me. No, 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 no. Like, you know, you know <laughs> right, what I mean? right, right. Rick, Ricky told me I can't sing at the club and there's definitely a way I can get around Hit this. It. Yes, right. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, 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 that's kind of my life. It's, right. it's, I'm one of those people who I struggle to take no for an answer. Anyway, hired this guy, terrible instance, nothing came of it. And just so I started going down the path of doing sex work and kind of figuring that out. And I started like my glow up. I started getting really fit. I moved to New York. I, I really was able to get pretty, I remember my body changed a lot and I had a really different look. And I remember my boyfriend I was dating at the time and I went to Atlanta and that's where he was based. And I remember I saw that fucker on Grinder, and I was like, the guy that rejected Yes, you. and I knew exactly who he was. And I knew exactly oh. what to, where it had to take it. And I'm like, you know what? You're hot now. Don't even, don't even ask about that. Just try to fuck him. You know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. He's like an older guy. Like, you know what you got when this you This is like it. The Girl Most Likely to, which is a TV oh. movie with Stalker Channing that oh. you're too young to remember. Oh, yeah. No, I went and did the whole Mata Hari routine. I went and banged him. And just like, either I was getting a gig from him or I was killing him with a katana sword. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't have this to. This is your big mistake, huge Julia huge, Roberts moment. Huge. Well, it, it, and, and he had a, he had a studio. Did he know? Did he, did you, did he put it together? Did you say anything? No, I had to tell him. I had to tell him. And you know, it's, it, it, and, after it, or before? After. But here, and also, I need, I need to, put, <laughs> I need to also put some precedence on this as well. As a person who has a huge following on, on the internet, I get it now. I get what it's like to have an inbox full of, hey, hello, and butthole photos. You know what I mean? People I will never meet who are just kind of like shouting for my approval and they're 
they're basing a lot of their hopes and dreams on it because here I am, this person of some importance, and they're like, accept me. Do you accept me? And it's hard to, like, get the tidal wave of that. Like, truly, I have a... It's a lot. It's a lot. Right. And I, But at the same time, I remember being that... <laughs> I remember being that faceless whole photo in someone's DM and being like... Well, that person's an asshole. You know what right. I mean? Like, how dare they not answer the nude I sent them? Yeah. And so, I, this all being said, this all being said, I'm sorry. I know this. This seems like that. Take him. Take on that porn producer and bring right, him down. You know what I mean? It's not that. It's really not. I actually have a lot of sympathy for him now, um, because you know I did take what I wanted seriously. I did. Like he put a fire under my ass more than anyone else did. You know what I mean? My bitter Betty wanted so badly to belong, and I, you know. I did. I fixed it. And so that, that's really it. it was like, I, I just kind of, and I remember then he hired me for one of his sites that I was really, really wanting to shoot for. And you know what? I was right. I was the right for the role at that moment. I was there. I had style. I had flair. I was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I, and that's very much been my career a lot in LA is I've been the nanny of porn a lot because truly this is, you know how it is living in California. It's, someone will bail. Someone will get a better gig. And it's nice to be the person in the wings who will actually show up. Right. Well, I can't tell you how. And you're right on time. Oh, like, you're. And when I text to ask, you're right on top of it. Like you're like responsible guy, right? Yes. I, I, yeah. I, I really am. I'm one of those people that I, I take this seriously. I take everything seriously. Everything's everything's very important and very serious to me. It's it's my word is is all I got. And um, yeah. No, I I, I I try not to flake, especially with 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 creative gigs it's kind of it that's it's really hard because i put so much work into like even just my only fans right like my only fans i built like this morning i cleaned my apartment i emptied i have a room i use for shooting and i emptied it out i put up a photographic drop like this very vivid background drop i put on some cheap looking satin sheets very like hustler magazine right on like in you know early 90s and then i have a fan who sends me mormon underwear Right and on. so I had my cameraman wearing Mormon underwear. I was wearing Mormon sure. underwear. My cute dwarf boyfriend was wearing under Mormon underwear. We were all wearing these, like, Mormon undergarments. And then we all fucked. And you know what I mean? And Including so, the cameraman. The cameraman didn't, but there was huge wind mirrors in the area. And yeah. I like I like that kind of, like, sneaking of, like, when you see the camera and you see he's also wearing you're like, oh, what the fuck is this? Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm way too cerebral with my work. And I think of details that don't matter whatsoever. But f- to me... They yeah. Make, they, to me, they were like the little nuanced shit that when I was watching porn, I was like, yeah. Right. Yeah, the way he stroked his back. It's so right. familiar. Oh, I'm coming. Yeah. I know. And you, I here's a little thing. I like to see them in outfits. Yeah. Because I want to see what they would look like if I saw them at the store or whatever. Like, I kind of like to see what they, how they look in clothes and sexy. And then they come. I don't know. I like, I like a little context in that way. How much work is it to maintain... And only fans or just for fans. So yeah, the, how does it work? So before I get to that real quick, I'll also say that I'm very much like a character actor in porn. That's just my only fans. I do a lot of studio porn. Like I've been very blessed. That's how I won my award to do a lot of studio porn. I am very much a very specific character, though. I don't have any tattoos. I'm relatively attractive. You're really one of the few that don't. Yeah, and, and so I get cast a lot for those, like, clean-cut roles that they want someone dirty to do. Like, right. I get cast. I've been... You're I have the a, boss? I have a scoutmaster? I have a huge... And one of the reasons I get the Mormon underwear is I have a huge story arc as a Mormon priest. 
And so I have people like when I go to Utah, I, I, if I take a client or something like that, they'll show up to my apartment wearing Mormon underwear. Wow, I was raised Mormon. I didn't yeah. go so far to get the garments. You never got the garments? No, I didn't. I, I, I kinda, you got out just in time. I got just in time. But you are a different type than a lot of the porn stars. I also think in terms of personality, like you're funny, like you're like. Soft diss on the rest of you, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You just have a lot of personality. You have fun personality. Are other people like, how does it go over? Does it always go over great? Or are some people like, I'm a lot. (laughs) I'm a lot. Within my own own industry, I'm a lot. And, you know, I, I, uh, I appreciate the people who get it. Right. I appreciate the people who get it because everything about me is very a lot. Like even my name, like some people will chuckle. They get the joke. They fucking love it. Others will be like, you can take this seriously. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you got a cute joke name. Like, what what the fuck's the deal? You know what I mean? Like, are are you you messing with me, kid? Like, you know what I mean? You get all manner. And it's it's hard because like, especially as like a gay man, the gangbangs are always the funniest. The gangbangs are always the funniest because you'll be with a group of people you know very intimately are very flaming homosexuals and you love them for it. You love them for their flaming qualities. Sure. And they're like, you know, they're wearing nail polish and there's like, yeah, whatever. I've got drag gigs this weekend. And they're all chatting about RuPaul's drag race and gluten and tolerance. Right. And then all of a sudden the camera comes in and they're like, they all turn into Rocco Steel. They're like, bring in the boy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, we're going to bring, we're all prisoners right here in this gang bang. Like, you know, right. a, a performance comes on and I'm, and I'm, I'm uh, to a certain degree, sometimes, if it's like a very key, like when I get hired as a Mormon priest, I base that role off of Christopher Maloney from Special Victims Unit. I kind of turn into like the Jimmy Stewart every man dad. That's a solid uh, oh, choice. Oh, solid. solid and, choice. and you definitely want to fuck him. You definitely want to fuck sure. him. For sure. Come on. If anyone listening says they don't want to fuck Christopher Maloney, I need you to. I need you to. I have two pictures of him on my dream board in there from his recent <laughs> um, men's health thing where he's doing these crazy splits he's fit as fuck he really is he that man is delicious yeah but anyway just that that was kind of what i'd channel in those moments where i have to be a priest or a dad or a teacher or a principal or a husband just like these these fun roles um i I get a lot of character actors like roles like that and you had asked another thing about how it is to maintain kind of an only fans presence you know because I, I, I do this podcast every week, and I, I make a little money on it here and there, but I kind of do it for, for the love of it. But it's a thing. I mean, the more you, you do it, the do bigger it. it yes. Yeah. And the more you do it, the more you see it grows. Right. You know what I mean? People like consistency. And, you know, I'm. it's hard because I told you the level of fucking theatrics. Right. I put you're, my, you're not just phoning it in. I, I forget that I can't do that every time because, you know, I used to just post up a really beautiful, fully realized 20 minute, multiple positions, sure. oral, anal, cum shots. Right. Video, which was very porn. But it definitely had the mix of the fact that I'm really into this person. I really right. like them. And then I edited it beautifully to kind of like showcase them and I. Now, being with King Dwarf has been kind of cool because, you know, it's very off the cuff. It's very kind of like, hey, do you want to have sex tonight? Okay. Let's have sex. And then I post up the camera and I, thankfully, since I'm, I've been doing it a while, I got I know exactly where to post it up real quick. I'm like, just give me three minutes. Three minutes. When you say post it up, you mean upload it. Or just, or just put a camera in a position. Or just shoot it. Yeah. Just like, give me three minutes. Let me, cause I, my room has studio lights in it. And I was like, let me just click two lights on. Let me grab the tripod. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Hold that erection. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? I'm just like, we can make this look better, but right. it's not as much production in the sense that we'll have 
10 minutes worth of sex. And I'll have two cameras rolling and I'll just splice it all together and have a cute little sex tape. Like we did, we did one last night where it was, uh, I had never used like one of those like impact vibrators, like the, the really heavy right. impact one. And I used that on him. And so one shot is from behind of me doing it to his little, hole in legs and jerking them off and then the front is his facial expression and i spliced them together just real quick just threw them on and then posted it up and it's doing incredible like i forget that porn sometimes is very kind of they want it now they're like i want this now and since he's in town we've been posting up like every two days and so it's a consistency game if you can put out a lot of content people will see what they want or they'll skip to the next thing and they're like oh now i found what i want and so it's it's been it's been very interesting. Um, you see a lot of burnout with it because it is a lot it. of work. It's it's a lot. And and uh, what's the difference between OnlyFans and Just for Fans from your point of view? Nothing. 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 Uh, OnlyFans is one is, pay better. It was one more. Um, well, there's little differences here yeah. and there, but, but honestly, they're essentially the same thing. All of those tube sites, Just for Fans, OnlyFans, Mini Vids, um, for my fans, they're they're just you know I love them. I think they're phenomenal. Like I said, uh, King Dwarf really succeeded in his career because of these platforms that gave a person that was living in the middle of New Jersey the opportunity to do all these things by himself from home and really monetize them. It's incredible. And you see that a lot with performers of color. You see that a lot with trans performers. You see people who are like, here's my life experience. Here's my sexuality. I'm going to put it out there. And it's going to be raw. It's going to be right here and it's going to be right now. Um, these are sometimes people who either couldn't or don't have the confidence to hit up studios. You know what I mean? Like it takes a lot of confidence to go to a studio. Studios are hard. Studios are the Hollywood of porn. And they have certain things that they want or yes. they think they want. Oh, and well, there are demands and there is pressure. Like and what? Well, like wait, get an erection right now. Yeah. I'm waiting. Come on. Whip right. it out, buddy. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, get, get hard. What, what about this is going to get you aroused? And so that's, that's kind of scary sometimes. I'm thankfully an exhibitionist. I'm one of those people that I'm like, all right, you're going to watch right. that straight cameraman and that straight cameraman who I talked about his family with. All right, you're going to watch me fuck. You're going to watch me fuck really good. And I'm actually going to play to you because I am a that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we were talking about that quinceanera. Look at that. I'm holding open someone's asshole. <laughs> right. Just for you. You know what I mean? And so... Uh, you go a little meta. You I take it to sm- different Yeah. Levels. And that's if I'm not even into my scene partner. Most of the time I'm into my scene partner. I'm like... I, I love people who are nervous on set because it, it, it gives me an opportunity to... I, I have very strong dad energy. I always have. I've always... Been, like a paternal thing. I have a paternal thing. And I get hired as a parent all the time. But... um. Mostly because, like, if you, I've noticed someone's nervous on set and they're earnest enough to share that with me. I tell them, you know, you're you're right here. You're what they're looking for. They'd have kicked you out if they weren't what they were looking for. We look good together, and our sex is going to be so beautiful that people are going to masturbate to it. Like, isn't that incredible? Like, I'm I'm excited. I think you're beautiful. I, from what I see, I want to look at more. I want to undress you. I make love to you. Look at us. This is so. Like, that goes a long way. Like, you disarm people. You make yeah. them feel comfortable. And it's, it also disarms me. Right. It disarms me. And I have this person clinging to me, being like, please help me through this. I'm like, same, same. <laughs> help me through it, too. Does it, does it ever really feel like a grind? Like, ugh, I just am not into it today, but I, I got to feed the beast. There's a couple performers that I've had. I've had I have but a it's little... more about 
the, the pairing than just getting burned out. It's more about no, because you know it's also you know it's it's a it's everything. It's sometimes you just have an off day. Yeah. I, I try to I try, I try my hardest to sleep. I try my hardest to eat. I try my hardest to stay fit and comfortable. And just like it's like being an athlete. Right. It's you you have to be at, at peak because you don't know where that cur- like. And it's another reason I'm sober is because. You know, yeah, sometimes when you're all stoned on set, you can create something cool. That's great. But sometimes that becomes a brick wall and you do not have the creative problem-solving ability to deal with it when you're super stoned. You're just like, what do I do? I know there's there's a solution to this, but I'm too stoned to figure it out right now. Too stoned to figure it out. You know what I mean? And no, yeah. no judgment on that. I, I see people who work well smoking weed all the time. I just know personally for me, I do not doesn't, I do not. doesn't work for you no i can barely like even like hookups i remember when i'd smoke weed to like hook up with someone it's like yeah we're not gonna have sex i'm just gonna make you feel really uncomfortable and share stuff i shouldn't possibly cry i might cry <laughs> i feel really emotional well mentioning that you're sort of have these different levels of, of of desire and intensity and mood and i think people that watch porn think that everyone can just turn it on and deliver all the time like performance like that they they clearly have something that I don't have in my own life in terms of just being able to deliver. But and that's what also you're why they, is not that that's no, not the, it's yeah. an illusion. It's an illusion. And well, my intellectual side knows it's an illusion, but I don't think that's how I relate to it. It's also why people think so highly and low of us at the same time. It's why people will think we're sometimes somehow sex gods. Yes. And also the scourge of the earth. Yes. You know, at the same time, no, you love and hate us. Sex scourge. Sex scourge. You know what I mean? Like I remember, I remember thinking. That uh, well, that might be me. That is you, sir. Oh, You're I'm sorry. Right in the middle of my That's dramatic. Po- I was about to give a speech. You were- about to give like such a such a plea for yes. the porn actor. Yes. No, for I, understanding. I, I, for plea for understanding. No, you know it, it's it's hard because you know people think. I remember when I was watching porn, and oh my god, they were gods. They were impossible beings. They, the things they were doing seemed impossible. Who were your guys? Oh, Rocco Steele was one. Cutler X was one. Armand Rizzo was one. Just the, the, something about these people. Like, I, I thought I'd never live in their world. Did you ever have scenes with them? Yes. Um, actually, Cutler X is my porn dad now. He was the first. Oh, is it kind of like drag where there's like a porn dad? Yeah, I do have a little porn family myself. It's oh, the house of your so- family? The house of someone. Well, you know, the house of someone has a bunch of members. Um... I would say you know, I, I adopted two boys. I call them porn sons off of the set of Mormon boys. And I remember they were both like 18 and 19, super young. So couldn't tell if they were super into it. Couldn't tell if they weren't. Just, the, you know what I mean? Like I, I refer to them as sons because they, they were very much kind of like son vibes. The rest of them are brothers. I have a bunch of little brothers. I have Jonah Wheeler, who's someone I got into the industry, who I call a brother. Um, technically, my <laughs> Uh, I got my. I've seen him. Like he's got a fun. He's oh, kind of got a you vibe. Like yeah. he's kind of goofy and. Fun. I found him. I found that boy. Yeah. I picked him up at the cock, brought him home, spread his asshole open, and fifty thousand followers later, he is a porn star. That one. Um, Look at you. I know. Well, you know, and he, you know, but he's also someone I'm super proud of. He's someone I'm so proud of, and it's just keeping up with these people is nice. Like it's nice to have gotten some. Like I feel like I feel like a damn vampire. You know what I mean? I try to I try to be nice to the people I turn into vampires. I don't leave them high and dry. I, you know, it's just this job has incredible highs and incredible lows. What are the highs? The highs are getting to get into your DMs and have celebrities. You had no idea knew who you were. 
say, hey, you did a great job. Or running into drag queens that you absolutely adore. Being like, I watch you obsessively. And just getting to do podcasts where people ask you about how fucking awesome your life is. <laughs> Doing photo shoots where you get to look like fucking Zoolander. And be ridiculous and be fun and be artistic. These are all perks that are just like are there. And if you utilize them, they make this job a little sweeter. The lows are, you know, we're all getting older. Our bodies are betraying us every moment. It's just, you know, this is a job that wears on you very hard. It's a job that is emotionally exhausting. You'll be with, and you know, it's also a job that's still on the fringe. It's a job. I do feel like that if there was like a, a sex scandal like a Vanessa Williams where she had posed nude or like if pictures came out of somebody, I feel like it would be less of a thing than it might have been before. Maybe I'm wrong about that. No, no. But it, I feel like there's less. so many dick pics out there. Everybody's phone. Everyone. And that's wants the gays, Austin. Just so you know, we, like we gave that to different. you. We gave that to you. Gays gave made gr- dick pics normal. And we're all very grateful about it. All right. right. Um, yeah, no, I agree with that. The lows are just, like I said. People will think either you're the greatest people in the entire world and that you have some magical power that they do not have. Right. Or they will think you are some street-walking, drug-infested, diseased person, and they'll let you know it. What will they say? How will they do it? Because you know they're watching. Well, you know, it's just like the, you know what you look like with your nice bag and your cheap shoes. You look like a rube, a well-scrubbed hustling rube with a little taste. It's just like the Hannibal Lecter quote where he's taking Clarice down. Right. You know, there, there are things that we all share. To be able to do this job, I've been through some shit. Yeah. I've been through some shit. And before I go into this shit, if you're still listening and you're this balls deep into this conversation right We're now. literally balls deep. Balls deep into this conversation. Please hit me up on my Twitter, DNM, and ask for the Easter egg. I will send you a free Dropbox link of one of my videos. Thank you so much for listening to me at the, to this point. I really am very grateful. So please, if you are listening to this point, ask for the Easter egg on my Twitter or not really on Instagram because I'll get canceled again. So uh, I, I would say that. And so, But to get into my point otherwise, it's just we've been through some shit. It's easy to tell on us. We wear our scars and stuff like that. It's it's just like anything else. You could probably guess ways to hurt me. You could probably guess ways to hurt sex workers because of the Diane Sawyer interviews you've watched about porn actors or the tell-all books of about people who have gone through the sex industry. We share a lot of those things in common. You know what I mean? It's part of what brings us together sometimes, and that's what's so lovely. But at the same time, when someone really figures that button, they they they, they, they can really you know what I mean? Damage. Yeah. yeah, and it's I'm, I'm very cool headed. Nothing really bothers me, thankfully. Um, but it's when you come for people I care about, like you know what I mean? Like when people who really don't deserve it are getting it. Like it's the hardest is working with trans people because uh, the things people will say about trans performers online while well, they're faceless profiles with 26 followers. It's just someone glib shooting into the dark, something mean to say, but it's still, it's still something about someone who just had an intimate relationship. And now you posted up a video that you're so proud of and someone's going, ah, gross, da, 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 anti-trans this, anti-trans that. And you're like, that's fucked up. That takes a lot out of me not to respond to those things because when you do, you give them power. That's the unfortunate thing. When you, when you do respond to those things, it's like, like yelling at the wall it's not going to do anything except get you worked up and it, it it's just going to alert all your fans that hey hey we're all yelling let's start yelling 
And that's been hard for me. And so I, I've been very good about like ignoring it. And they go away. That's the funny thing. So you don't res- Twitter followers. Oh my God. Twitter trolls. If they, if you don't respond to them, they get bored. They will find someone who will. Yeah. They will find someone who will. So my biggest advice to people is I'm like, just don't respond. And nothing they can say is worth a response. You're not going to teach them anything. You are not going to like in, you're not going to enlighten people by this fight you have with a no one. You, if anything, you just elevated a person who is nothing to your level. How ridiculous is that? Yeah. Don't need to do it. Pass. Thank you. Yeah. Um, how, if somebody really kicks ass at OnlyFans or just for fans, how rich can they get? How well do they do? Would we be surprised by how much or how little, or is it kind of like I what think there's, think? you know, it's 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 hard. <clears throat> people who do the best on these apps and who do the best on like um, these fan sites, I mean, are people who have really big followings. That's why we see famous drag queens, why we see A, B, C, and D list celebrities all going to OnlyFans, is because that fan base you had who knew you as whatever actor or knew you as whatever performer or knew you as whatever Instagram celebrity. It's going to be curious. Right. So it's people that already have the built in. Yeah. Those people do incredibly well. Interesting. I've talked to people who I've talked to drag queens who have kind of like, like slightly bullshit only fans. They're like, yeah, I don't even really fuck on there. I just maybe show my tits, da, 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 act up and, and $20,000 later. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's people who have these insane, it's, it's a means of monetizing these insane followings they have on Instagram or on right. Twitter, but specifically things like Instagram and TikTok, which you only see the, the G rated side. You only see the Disney kind of version of these people. And then the second they, and, and we're all very like Nancy Drew about it. You know, the second someone puts that out there, like, well, you know, they have an, uh, they have an OnlyFans. It's like you are immediately on your computer. Right. You are Googling and trying to figure out how to see this person's genitals immediately. Yeah. You know what I mean? If not yesterday. If not yesterday. I've already done it. What are you mentioning this? I've already <laughs> seen that person. Um, I do subscribe to OnlyFans and Just for Fans, but I'm the guy that will buy a month and cancel it that second so that I so that I sample it, but that I don't do the auto pay because that can sneak up on you. And that person from you budget. might and that person do you might hate also that person? no no not at all <laughs> no no You're not no like oh you maybe fickle. you paid for it right thank you okay Good. I will take that money all right you all paid right. for it you, right. you put money down right. In a, in it's a, not personal. No. The point is, I just don't no. like an auto pay moment in no, my life. I, I get it. No, no, okay, no, no. That, d- that does not bother me at all. all right, it's good. no, no, no. And you know, it's you're, it's kind of like being an artist. Once you put it out into the world, you know, once you paint a painting and you sell it to someone, you never make any residuals on that painting. It could be sold at Christie's two years later for a million dollars. Yeah, good for that person who bought your painting. You know what I mean? It's it's to a certain degree, it's like that. And so I. You, I'm grateful to be able to continue to move and keep going forward and have momentum and have excitement. I try not to think about those things because you'll get caught in the weeds and they're just no good. Um, as far as kind of, as far as kind of like subscribing goes, that's very common because it's like, you know, I want to see that there's a video you made. You, you collabed with this one person and I got to see it. Right. You know what I mean? This is a clash of the titans. I need to see it. And yeah. you know what the funny thing this is? This is a crossover episode to end all crossover episodes. Six months later, I might get you back. Yeah. 
I've seen that happen. Because it, it tells me the people who have done it one time. Right. And that have came back. Right. Like, I just released... Um, it's so funny. There's there's so much porn nostalgia. I watched so much growing up. I, I remember I used to love the cum shot of compilations. And so one day I spent like two days. No, I spent like two days fucking doing it. It was forever. I had to go find every one of my clips and literally splice the cum shot out. Right. That's a lot of work. It's a lot. I got 30 minutes worth of me ejaculating. All right. That was a lot of fucking work. But I remember how much I loved those. Back in the day. Back in the day. Just like, oh, ah, oh. Just different positions, different people, different, like, completely different setup. Oh, right. he's coming. Oh, like, you know, I loved those. Those were right. my absolute. So you were giving the audience what you loved yourself. You yes. You paying it forward. Yes. It well, I, I really mean it. This My porn career is a love letter to a younger version of myself who really wanted to see himself. Who wanted to see, who wanted to see porn that didn't make him depressed after he masturbated. Well, you, know I mean? you talked about earlier when you first started really exploring your sexuality and kind of going through that wild phase that it was un, an unhappy time. And this time there where there's a lot of sex in your life, it's a very happy time. So what are, what are the differences? Well, I've created friendships with it. Like, it's, it, it, you know, it, it, I would do, it's so funny. I'm the most awkward person at cruising locations because I introduce myself. I'm like, hi, I'm Joel. It's nice to meet you. How you doing? You've got your penis out too. Cool. <laughs> You've got a really nice cut on there. That's a, that looks you. You've got a. They did a great job at your bris. You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very awkward. Works well because I'm handsome, I guess. They're like, all right, this weirdo. I'll still do sex stuff with him. But um, I, you know, I, I, I love the fact that like I can, for instance, I, I'm, I'm setting up to have someone come visit me for like someone's visiting town and they're gonna crash with me a night. We're gonna film the content together and it's gonna be kind of fun. We'll go have dinner. We'll come back to my apartment. We'll have a cameraman watch us fuck and then we'll sleep together. Like, you know, just cool things like that. It, that's, that's like an ideal date. You've had grinder dates where like, Oh my God, I had him spend the night. I couldn't get away from him. You know what I mean? It's like you get to have little miniature love affairs and then you have this tangible thing. That gets all this acclaim as well. Like, if it's really good, everyone sees it. Like right when, on. You, when you have really good sex, people are like, oh, yeah, I felt the vibe. I was there. I could see the steam, mostly because your apartment looks like it's really warm and you're sweating quite a bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all that. All of that. You won an award. Thank you. You I won an award Best Buy Scene. Is that right? I had Best Buy Scene this year. I've been nominated a lot. And so that was the first time I had won the Gavians. I find to be the prestigious one because it's the hardest to go for whatever reason. Were you there for the ceremony? Um, yes. So the first time I had gone, the first in-person one was two years ago. And then there was a Zoom one last year, which I was also nominated and lost again. This year they did kind of a half and half. They did kind of like all the people, because I was a presenter at this year and coincidentally won. So I was in the little presenter audience and they got to, I got to have my moment. Where was it? It was in Burbank on like a soundstage. Oh, I love a Burbank porn award oh, right yeah. here and right under my nose. Yes, yeah, sir. It was, it was lovely. It was on a soundstage. It was, it was very Hollywood. I had a teleprompter. I had to, I had lines. I had to practice with another. We had like the, the quippy, like, what do you get when you yeah. give like a stood up? Well, then it's, it yeah. was kind of like the little the writer faces a blank page. Yes. Yes. It was exactly yeah. that. Or a hitchhiker with a hunger inside him. A surfer with a need to please. Exactly. A banker. A Mormon. Like, they always say, the five, these are the five men nominated for the, like, they, they, they always, like, 
nobody cares about that stuff, and they always say it anyway. Well, you know, okay, all right, you don't care. That's that, and that's another funny thing about porn. <laughs> you don't care about that. That is a very you statement there. Right. I, and you know, a lot of gay men will agree with you. But the other thing that's really cool about gay porn is women really like it. Yes, women. So they like to hear those synopsis. Oh, you know, they, they like a little story. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. That's right. You know, I they like, a, they like a Bridgerton kind of like. Yes. You're like, and then they butt fuck. Okay, Do you yes. have um, a fair number of women fans, women yes. subscribers? Yes, yes. What I have do a lot you of... hear from them, or do you? you? You know, I don't hear as much from them, but you know they're there, mostly because like you'll see the profiles that follow you, and they're women. They're yeah. straight People who follow me on Instagram, people who follow me on Twitter, they are straight-up women, and they know what I do. And, you know, it's just, it, it, I, I don't delve too much into it. I assume it's because of the storyline. The few I've talked to have also told me sometimes they don't like... Um, the perspective sometimes that straight porn has, and especially after doing bi porn, which is definitely more in the straight porn world, um, you do start to see the narrative that's sometimes the porn isn't for the woman. Right. They talk about the gays, like the male gays or the. Yes, the, the male gays. gays. They, uh, yeah. the, and that porn is more the male gays. Right. I, I, I fucking even like Deep Throat, the movie Deep Throat. The idea that a, a woman's clitoris was in the back of her throat, and the only way to give her pleasure was to choke her with a penis. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I don't know that a woman wrote that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Prob- I, prob- probably, probably not. not. Probably Pro- not. Probably not. Yeah. So it, it's. It, I, I've also heard women say they know when a woman's faking. They're like, she's faking. She's faking. That one's faking it. And I've been on set with girls who have faked it, and I've been on set with girls who have not. And when they have. That sucked, and it really hurt my ego. But right. what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Like it's like so. It's I get it. I th- th- there's no porn is is such an irrational thing. Sometimes it's so animalistic that it, that's why it's it, it sometimes tickles parts that we're kind of ashamed of. And I do all that. I do the religious themed. I do the incest themed. I've done I've done cuck. I don't like cuck. Define cuck for me. It's when somebody sort of so I'm the husband. Their partner. I well no. No, that's hot wifing. Hot wi- <laughs> that's hot wifing. So cuck and hot wifing. I like yes. hot wifing. Hot okay. wifing is when I'm like, I'm the husband. And like, I did the scene where, <laughs> so fucking, it was my favorite. I only did one hot wifing scene. I fucking loved it. I'd never even heard of hot wifing before. It's not as popular. People yeah. like to watch the husband get humiliated. Yeah. And I don't like that. And so like the hot wifing one was these two prisoners broke out of jail and show up at my doorstep. And they're like, hey, I'm Eddie from jail. I'm like, oh my God, prisoner 24601? the Miz joke right there anyway i I, yes i I, my wife has showed me all your letters that's incredible yeah the police aren't on your back now cool come and fuck my wife and i am in the background being like yeah honey you're doing a great job look at you eddie you're a king and your buddy's gonna jump in too right awesome you're just doing such a he's great... He's into it. He's into it. It's a kind of a nice cordial yeah. event. It's Not like, necessarily shame. No shame. No yeah. shame. You yeah. know what I mean? And then that's hot wifing. That's hot wifing. Cuck. There's a tilt. <laughs> There's a little bit of a tilt on it. Tilt. And I, I appreciate it. I've done probably like six cuck scenes, and people fucking love them. I don't like them. I, I'm sorry. I don't like... Are you the cuck or the... I've been the cuck in it. I've never been the bull. The... The cuck is the person who is being humiliated. Yes. Sort of being and emasculated. It's, and it's usually like a big dicked dude comes in and like fucks my wife in front of me. And the whole time she's like, oh, honey, I wish you could fuck me this way. Oh, no. It's just that your penis is so small. And I'm like, 
Well, first of all, my penis isn't small. I, yeah. do, I do quite a good job. Thank you. See, this is why I'm not a great cuck. I'm not, a great, not a great cuck. I'm taking this personally. I don't like you talking about me like right. this. Because you're, you're supposed to, if you're really playing the cuck, you're supposed to be... This isn't fun for me, all right? I, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is quickly getting not fun for me. And so I, I had done cuck a couple times, and I just couldn't do it. I'm like, no. Not my thing. No, I don't like humiliation. Yeah. I don't like pain or humiliation. It's like Jodie Foster doesn't play idiots well, because she's smart. You yeah. don't play cucks. I don't play, play cucks. Yeah. Well, I'm a lover. I like people. I like. Yeah. I don't want to humiliate anyone, especially not my damn self. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, we're all trying our best, honey. Right. When you won the award, what was it like? Were you like, yes, that felt good? You know, and anyone who's had to deal with like award shows and especially getting nominated a lot and not winning, you kind of grow that skin. Yeah. That like. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't care. And, and you're just bracing to like clap for the person. Like yeah. you're like, right, get ready to lose. Get ready to lose. Are you ready? And make sure you're smiling. Yeah. And, and Amy Adams has had the same conversation with other interviewers. Yeah. It, it just exa- yes. Thank you, Amy Adams. I, I I feel akin to you. And it's just that like you're you're, you're prepared to lose. You're uh, like the first couple times you maybe thought of like a couple words maybe to say. Maybe have a shot. Yeah. You're like whatever, and then I'll go up and I'll just. Try not to cry. But, you know, it's an award. Everyone wants to win. Everyone wants to win. And so you just get that accustomed to that, like, you're not going to win, and you're just going to have to be chill. And so when I did win, I had nothing prepared whatsoever. I had gotten to, like, fully bracing for it mode. Like, you know what I mean? Fully bracing to lose. And I was just, like, totally shocked, which you totally see on my face. I actually have the clip on my old Instagram. I got taken down. I fuck, I need to put that up. Okay, I might put that up. Anyway... I don't but, want to give you more work. But oh, my God. It's, it was, was the scene partner there that you won with, or did you no, just win on your own? No, uh, both of them weren't there. Oh, okay. uh, Vanessa Vega and Draven Navarro. Dra- no, Vanessa Vega didn't come because it was kind of the gay awards, and she's like, right. oh. Yeah, not my scene. And she's a huge straight porn actress, so yeah. she's like, she's phenomenal, incredible actress. I loved her. She was so good on set. She really was one of the – to have this, her be the second woman I ever had sex with was so incredible. I was so honored by that. Such a beautiful woman. Was the first one on camera as well? Yeah, the first one was on camera as what well. What was that like? Terrifying terrifying but you know what that's the thing about it it's gonna happen yeah well because as like a gay man especially one growing up where i had never been with a woman period you kind of don't know how it works at that point like i don't know how i wouldn't know how to pick up a woman i'm not any good at that i'm not i'm no good at picking up if someone's flirting with me i'm very oblivious you know what i mean and so i i I, I was getting to the point where i'm like i don't know that i'm ever gonna have sex with a woman especially since i got no game um and so Buy porn was getting really popular, and I knew a bunch of people in it. And I said, you know what? We're going to do it because that's the best thing about a porn site is uh, either the sex is going to happen or it's not. And either way, you found out, and it doesn't fucking matter. And so I remember I flew from California. I flew from New York at the time. I was living in New York to California to go film a scene with uh, Jim Powers in um, the Valley and yeah, I remember it was a long trip. I got there, drove to this house in the in the hills, and yeah, and there and there it happened. It wasn't easy at all. I remember the girl was not the easiest to work with because I don't think I also didn't tell her that it was my first time, and she wasn't reading that I was nervous. She was just kind of out. Of, she was like she was she was just kind of doing her regular deal, not overly sympathetic and not really overly connected. And she was like, "All right, we're gonna fuck." And I was like. 
okay, I need a little guidance. And I, I remember that was not taken very well. And then it wasn't until after I'm like, you know, that was my first time with a woman ever. And then I'm like, what? That was the first wow. time ever? Blah, blah, blah. It was also why I struggled so hard. I was like, it was, it was, I was shocked they hired me back after that. I was like, I'm shocked you guys hired me. I, I because I, I, I was, it was not an easy scene. And so, yeah, it, it was, it was kind of, it was the, the, the one saving grace was uh, the male partner I was with really bonded with me and really, his name was Draven Navarro and uh, his Draven Navarro. He has not died. Um, he, he really helped me out. He was a big brother to me on set and I, I needed his help. And he really opened up about himself and his own sexuality and his own kind of fetishes and stuff in a way that was very earnest and very honest and very of the moment. And it really helped a lot. And it made me feel really good. What were you taught about sex growing up? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. And the same here. And I grew up in rural New Mexico. Was bad. Yeah. Like you couldn't. I asked my Gay sex was once. especially bad. Gay sex was the worst. Gay sex was the like, the under, my parents never really, like, you know, it was the kids through school who talked about AIDS and talked about how, like, gays were diseased and stuff. My parents didn't really talk about any of it, really. But I remember they would, whenever they talked about gay sex, it was always concern. Because we had a cousin who died of AIDS and just, I, I had no, I had no experience with any of that. First of all, all I knew was fear. And so I was always very afraid of, of gay sex, especially. Uh, I knew it was something I was interested in, but I knew it was, it was very taboo. And so, yeah, it was, that was, that was all I had. And then, you know, sex ed for like bull in New Mexico was pretty pathetic. It was pretty kind of like mostly teaching you the terminologies about specific parts of your body. I don't recall anything about actual sex at all. And so, I, and I think since you, not to interrupt you, I, I, I think what happened with all of us is gays learn about sex through porn. Yeah. That's that's it. That we learn from porn. We learn good, bad, ugly lessons, but that's where we're learning about it. Yeah. No, it's it's true. It's true. Um, is there anything that you would like to do in that world that you haven't done yet? In the porn world? Yeah. You want to do a location or a certain scenario uh, or just something? Uh, um, you know, there's 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 studios I want to work with. There's definitely top tier studios I haven't worked with that I would really like to, just because. Just to be able to do it. I've worked with so many different studios. I'm very much like the Maggie Gyllenhaal of porn in the sense that I have a lot of indie work out there. There's like a lot of really good. The Maggie Gyllenhaal. There's a lot of good indie work I perform yes. out there. But you don't see me as much as you should in, in studios, like high-end glass studio yeah. stuff. And, um, yeah, that's my dream. I would, I would really like to have higher gloss reformed stuff just because it circles the world. Like, you know what I mean? There are certain studios that you'll work for them and – your work will be seen in South Korea and South Africa at the same time. And you'll, it's like the friends of porn. It's kind of like, even though Americans are such snobs, they're like, oh, I couldn't possibly watch men.com. Or I, oh, Falcon does nothing for me. They're just so phony. And blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, people around the world are like, it's the Ziegfeld Follies of porn. It's like, these are the most beautiful men around kind right. of deal. And I, and I love that. I think that's incredible. When I met you, I remember seeing you at that party and going, I, I know that guy. And maybe I met him at a party or, or, or maybe on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, no. That. <laughs> right? So I bet that happens a lot where people are like, I can't place you, but oh, shit, now I can place you. Is, is, that, a, is that a normal dynamic? Yes. And I always feel for people because they're always so skittish. They're so afraid to act. They're like, well, for part of it, it's like, what is it? Are people, do you tell people this? 
Yeah. I, I, just, I need to know. I feel bad. I want you to choose two of my friends, but I can't tell if they, they need to know that you're a whore. <laughs> right. But it's not an uncommon reaction where they can't no. quite place you and then they, they have that. All right. You picked a few questions from the observation deck. Ooh. What song makes you cry? Um, Hillside Boys by Kim Petras. Ooh, what's it like? I don't know it. It's just, it, it, for being such a young girl, she sings such good songs about being heartbroken. Like, yes. there's just the line, it's like, and you call my name. And it's just like, oh, whenever that part comes out, I'm like, oh, my God, he called her name. Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. It's something about that. A bunch of Kim Petra's songs make me cry. There it is. What movie have you seen more than any other movie? Silence of the Lambs. I've watched Silence of the Lambs probably like a thousand times. I fucking love that movie. I love it. Well, it's just one of those ones that like you're kind of, it's kind of almost like code. Like you're testing the waters. Like someone will say like, Oh, I really covet that. And like, and how do we begin to covet? We covet what we see every day. And you just like, you, it, there's so many times that if you, if, if someone gets it, they'll spit the lines back at you. It's a very, it's, it's one of those movies that has a cult following yeah. that there's such signature lines that kind of just get, get added onto everyday conversation. And you're just like, Oh bitch, really? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, do you relate to Clarice or Hannibal or all of them? All of them. That's another one. That's an, that's an all of them movie. Oh my God. I, I made a friend of mine watch it the other day and the poor girl's in the pit and Clarice just broke in and she found the girl in the pit and, she, and the girl's like, don't leave me here. You fucking bitch. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like, you just called an FBI agent who's trying to save you a fucking bitch. And yeah. I just love it. She's, she's had it down there in that pit. She's, she's had, she's had it. I, I just barely got this guy's fucking dog. I'm trying to get out of here, lady. Yeah. Fighting for my life. I like that actress a lot. What's your favorite bad movie? So I love old movies. And I forget that some of these movies are terrible. And now that I'm in, like, a new relationship, I'm forcing him to watch old movies with me. And I'm realizing that some of them are bad. But I just... I'm so deep in the nuance and the story of all of yes, it. Yes, and what the nostalgia of it. What yes. you remember And about so, it. like, movies like... Um, like, A Letter to Three Wives, I fucking love. Because it's just such, like, a... A bad melodrama. You know what I mean? It's just super melodramatic. It's about a faceless woman who sends a letter to her three friends and says, I've taken one of your husbands and you're on a trip right now and you can't get to a cell phone, can't get to a phone to, to figure out who it is. So when you come home for your trip, one of your husbands won't be there. And da, da, da. I don't even know this movie. Oh, How old is it? It's from, I think, 1940. Oh, it's, wow. No, 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 because no, it was post-war. So it might be like 46 or something like that. Yeah. And it's just... It's an Arthur Miller play turned into a movie. Oh, I love an Arthur Miller moment. It has Thelma Ritter in it. She's yes. fucking incredible. It's just a really good, like, and if you like old movies, all it is is, like, fast talking. It's like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Oh. And just, like, every every old movie cliche you could imagine yeah. about, like, getting one up on the world. Phenomenal movie. I love A Letter to Three Wives. You picked this question, which you may have touched on already, but what was your lowest point professionally? It was definitely when I was working retail and fucking strangers. <laughs> like when I when I had my retail job, and I'm a person. Where who can, were you working? Can I ask? Oh, it was the Michael Kors gig. I was telling you. Oh about. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just I commit to everything I do. I'm I really am. Anything I do, I'm the I try to be the absolute best at it. I'm a total psychopath for that kind of stuff. And um, I remember I would put on this production of This Is Joel, the Michael Kors salesman, and I had wardrobe i had a costume and i was like even though at work i couldn't be the girl's little gay best friend because you know the quick to cut your ass in the in the 
handbag department kind of shark tank. Right. But then when a client comes in, you're like, yes, bitch, we are going to shop today. I'm going to be the male who approves of your purchase. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It was just this, it was this weird role I put on myself and it was very lonely. It was very performative. It was also in a place where I was, I, you know, part of the reason I love porn so much is I was very a pornosexual person. I didn't, I wasn't able to like have intimacy with people for a very long time because all I, all that would get me off was porn. And, it was hard to be in relationships when those people would realize they're like, Oh, that's all that gets them off is porn. And you, you feel judged sometimes. You're like, Oh, it's not that you're unattractive. It's just porn. You know what I mean? Right. And so it, it was, it, it was, it was, it was, it came from, there was a lot of things going on at that moment. Like it's the lowest point professionally. It wasn't just cause I hated my job. It wasn't just cause of a lot of things. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was I mean, it was a lot of things. It was a lot of different things going on in my life. And so I would say that was probably my lowest point. What would that person think of your life right now? He wouldn't fucking believe it. He would, he, he would think you were lying. He'd be like, wait, you, you lived in New York for three years in Hell's Kitchen, and then now you live in fucking Hollywood, and you're successful, and you're able to survive and make a living, have a savings. Um, who are you? This is a joke. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. It's so surreal. I, I, don't, I, I think of that person. I used to think of the things that meant so much to him at the time and the things that were his goals and the things that he wanted out of his life. And I, I it's, it's weird not to think of him as a, uh, someone else entirely different. Yeah. That's wild. You, you work with a lot of beautiful people. I'm always, you'll often see like somebody online that you think is so stunning. And then they'll say something about like, Oh, I'm, I feel fat or, or that you'll see a window into the fact that they don't, feel like they look oh, yeah, the how much just, of that do you see day to day in what you do so it's hard because you know my, I, all i know is also my own experience like like i you know we all suffer from body dysmorphia and and I, like i said i did <laughs> i made a terry shivo joke but that there was some truth in that i was definitely leading a very unhealthy life yeah it was extreme to get to where i am now um and that's body dysmorphia and that's but that's 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 heartbreaking you know it's learning to drop that to a certain degree. And, 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 you know, it's, I've almost been too comfortable with my body. Like I'm noticing now that I'm like, Oh, maybe I'm too happy with my body. Yeah. I'm, I'm too comfortable with who I am because I, 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 as these gigs get harder and harder to get, I need to look a certain way. And you realize why people have this type of body dysmorphia is you, you see your competition and you're like, it's hard not to compare yourself. And in a place like LA, it's very much a look oriented space. And, um, yeah, I, 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 after working with a lot of people, you know, it's hard because I remember being that person who would always fish for compliments like that. Like I, I would look great, but I'd, I'd complain because I needed someone who would, you would say, please you, make me feel beautiful. Say something right. that's a compliment. So you'd be like, I feel fat today. So someone would be like, oh, come on, you're gorgeous. So I know also that end of it too. So whenever people do that, I'm like, you know. Maybe a little bit. Like, you know, I'm just <laughs> You're well, not playing into their hands. And, and, well, mostly because I want I want the insult to come from them. Like, what? Yeah. Oh? You because, just want to see them react. Yes, because that's usually the thing they don't get. Like, right. you know what I mean? I I, I know the little game you're right. playing, yeah. sir. And I shall not play. Here is my pawn. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I, I no. I, 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 yeah. Just because it's it's something that also kind of affects the people you're around. When someone that beautiful is complaining that much about their appearance, you're like, really? Yeah. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe you are ugly. 
But that's the truth. You know what I mean? And I tell, I tell people I'm like that. Don't, don't put those kind of things out there because people will believe them. Yeah. Maybe you are boring. Maybe you are stupid. Like, maybe I'm a sucker for being here. It's just like, I don't, I don't see the purpose of that. I, I, I don't like that, personally. How, how often do you interact with your, your, like, followers and stuff, personally? Is it a lot to keep up with, or do you try to do it, or? I try. Yeah. I really do. But, you know, there's a lot of, I remember someone who was absolutely crazy porn actor. I won't mention his name, because he's batshit crazy. And he goes from being incredibly amazing to literally nuts but i remember he said because he had he had gone through different forms of celebrity he was one of those people who came from some other form of celebrity and, and started doing whole house stuff right. and it was huge because it had baked an audience he's like you know it's easy to get caught up in all of the fans because you need to also look at them at the people who are writing nasty things about you are cut from the same cloth as the people who tell you they love you it's just they want you to get your attention and some are more successful than others. Usually the ones who are telling you you're a piece of shit are the ones you're most likely to want to respond to and you remember. And so you need, you need to remember that when you are to see an inbox full of people saying, I love you, is that that person also has that in them as well. You know what I mean? It's easy to feel betrayed by someone you don't know and have expectations of a person who you feel like you, you do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, 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 would, I, would, I would say with interactions with people, I try my best. I really do. I, I prefer stuff in person. Yeah. That's why I do events. That's why I go to bars and stuff. I don't drink, but I, I, I'll do like hot dog Sunday or I'll do like kind of events where I know a big group of gays are going to be because that's my yeah. crowd. Do you, you know? go-go dance? Every once in a while. I'm not that good. I'm all right. I have a d- secret fantasy of being an 80-year-old go-go dancer. Like, I, yeah, bitch, do it. <laughs> I know the Taylor Swift song. I would do an, a number two. I've thought about well, this. You, well, what about Barracuda? Summer? You know what I mean? Like, that's the great thing about the life yeah. we live right now, the 80-year-old go-go dancer. You can be a go-go dancer <laughs> right now. Um, do you ever hear from sort of younger people that you feel like you've been a, a good example to or a, like that, that you empowered them in a way or made them feel better about themselves? I get daddy a lot, which I love. I love. I love being daddy. Um, I, cause I remember being that boy. I remember yeah. being that boy reaching out to a daddy being like, fuck me, daddy. And, um, I remember being that. And so it's kind of nice because I just think of like, like I said, Christopher Maloney and special victims. I just channel that, that space that I always wanted in like a daddy. Like, what did I want? I wanted someone who was confident, not lecturing, not someone who would lecture me about the rights and wrongs of being a gay person or, or even worse, someone who would be like, well, just, you know, I'm only like 36. I know you're 19, but just technically I couldn't really be your father. I'm like, boom, fantasy dead. Right. Like, you know what I mean? I, I just, I tried to remember all the things that you turned me on and then turned me off in those moments. And I remember it was vagueness. The less I say to those kinds of things, they love it. You know what I mean? It was whatever little kind of nugget I would be like, good kiddo. Great. That's a beautiful sex photo you sent me. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like, just approval. Just, yeah. uh, just the lightest form of approval. And if I can meet him in person... It's kind of nice. You have a fan. Like, it's kind of cool to walk into a space and know you're right. Know you look the way you look in your photos. You're not misrepresenting yourself. It's kind of like wearing a superhero's cape, and you're like, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Pleasure to meet you. Tell me about your life. I am interested. I, I know what my life is. Give me, give me something. Give me something. I'm bored. Talk to, talk to me about your life. Interesting. Um, tell people how they can find you. And learn more about what you do or subscribe to your sites. Well, thank you again, everyone, for listening to me uh, jabber on. Uh, You're I'm, fun to talk to. Thank I, you. I, I noticed that the first night, 
that we met. You're just you have a great personality. You're funny. And I didn't you're, have to bang your friend to get over here. No, <laughs> no I didn't know that even happened. Or if it did happen. But it, that's another podcast. Apparently. Yes, it is. We'll talk about that another day. All right. No, no. I uh, thank you. I I, I I I'm really blessed. I, I genuinely like people. I genuinely like people. This is a job that if you don't like people is extremely hard. But if you do, it's an amazing job. And so if you want to find me, I'm uh it's hard because I, I won't lie, I've I've lost a lot of my social medias for reasons here and there. You know, I mean I just lost my Instagram of like two years. And so heartbreaking. It is, but it's also not real. Don't just remember what Mr. Halloran said. It's just like pictures in a book. It's not real, Danny. Oh, a little shining. Yeah, doing the finger. You know what I mean? Danny isn't here, Mrs. Torrance. Well, it is. Like when he saw those twin bitches in the hallway, all like, "Blood with us, Danny." Yeah. Oh, oh. Like it's just like it's not real. Instagram's not real. It's not a real thing. You can't act upset like there's it's the death of something because it was never real. And I remember honestly, that's how it felt when I lost. Like, and I, like I said, getting fifteen thousand followers without putting dick pics up—it's hard. <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> but no, I, I, so if you want to find me on Instagram, I'm Joel underscore someone. And on Twitter, I'm Joel someone and then the number one. And um, on OnlyFans, I'm Joel someone, just regular. And then on Just for Fans, I'm Joel someone, then the number one. Um, yeah. And like I said, if you want that Easter egg, just hit me up. Uh, Who doesn't love an Easter egg? I know. Let's go Easter egg hunting. All right. This has been really fun, Joel. I love talking to you. Uh, thanks for your honesty and your humor and everything. Here is my final question. What have you, it's a two-parter, what have you learned about yourself through this adventure and what have you learned about other people? What I've learned about myself is that I can do it. You know, it's, it's interesting living in a place like California where you see rampant homelessness and poverty and suffering on the street. That was always my fear. I was always afraid if I didn't have a real job, I would fall on my face and I'd be one of them. And that, and that real fear is real there still. It's, it's part of what's so hard to see about it is it's, you're looking at other people who had different things in mind. And so I was always deeply afraid of that. That was always a humongous fear is thinking I couldn't do it and that I wouldn't be able to, to survive. And the truth is, I did. You know what I mean? I quit my real job and I went full on with this. And when one aspect of it slowed down, I found another. And when that thing slowed down, maybe another opportunity opened. But I was always looking and I was always fighting to survive in this industry because it was something I really wanted and I didn't want to fail. And so I learned that about myself. I learned that um, I could do anything and failure is not the worst thing in the world. Interesting. What have you learned about people? People are generous. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. You know, it, they're not generous in the way you, you would think you want them to be, but the world is generous. And you're, you're put in the right place sometimes. And you really get opportunities that are just by proximity. And that there's a, a great amount of generosity. It's not physical generosity sometimes, but it's, uh, it's, there's generosity in this world. Um, and there's, it's being given out every day. And someday you might be the person being generous to someone else. So I, 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 it's part of the reason I really like people. And I try to understand people, even ones I don't like or have rubbed me the wrong way, is that um, there's a reason for it. I, th I think people are – there's an Anne Frank quote in there. It's like, I think people are good. 
right? Isn't that what was? In spite of everything, I, yeah. I think people are basically good. Yeah, like it's in spite of everything. I think I think yeah. people are good. I think I, I I don't I don't think people are born bad. Yeah. So um. Ooh, damn. Tickling up Getting deep. Getting deep. R.I.P. Uh, and Frank. I have a um, uh, meditation teacher that I listen to, a meditation crush, Jonathan Lehman on um, Insight Timer. He's like French, and I love his voice, and I love his... Does he have an OnlyFans? I, he probably does. He might. <laughs> he probably does. Because he ain't making it with the meditation. He's got to start whipping it out. Um, but one of the things he said the other day that stuck with me is like one of the... I think it maybe he quoted Einstein or something like one of the, the decisions that humans have to make is whether they believe the universe is a generous place or a, a hostile place. Like, that's a decision we make. And it reminds me of the thing you just said. Mm, yeah. Well, Joel, this has been a delight. Thank you for uh, coming over and doing the podcast, my first live one in a long time. It was awesome. Thank you. This was such a fun. Thanks again to Joel Someone for the fun interview and also for schlepping all the way to the valley. You got to love that. All right, so this happened. Um, my favorite thing of this whole summer has been this rooftop movie series at the Sherman Oaks Fashion Square Mall here in the Valley. Um, They just do a great job. It's set up so nice. We got to be friendly with the people that do it. It's through this organization called My Valley Pass. Um, And I went to like five or six movies. It's so good. The money goes to charity. You go to the food court. It's manageable. They have these nice Adirondack chairs. It's the best. So um, I just saw Crazy Rich Asians with some friends, and um, that movie holds up from a couple years ago. <laughs> but Michelle Yeoh, wow, what a national treasure. And it makes me want to go to Singapore. But here's the thing. It ends, you know, with the, the it's a happy ending. And it, it, it ends with an, an immoral that's like the money's not really that important, but the love is, right? It's about us being a couple. But then the final scene is this crazy opulence getting everybody together in like a really rich place so i don't know i don't know it's i like a more humble uh ending to hammer home that message but the cool thing is they're bringing back more um movies on the roof for halloween which i'm excited about so if you're in la and you like things like that go to myvalleypass.com i can't get enough of this uh series and the people that run it are super cool all right that's it for this week thanks so much for listening thank you to aj susa for mixing jb bercy for his technical support also my theme music is by mark Daniels for placement music see you next time bye